Quinn. I did, not ironically, love Limp Bizkit. Randy Quinn. I love a lot of fashion from the 90s. Randy Quinn. Doesn't matter, we watched it, right? Joke's on us. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. Hashtag Cage Talk Edition. I'm your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies, Chuck Banner. And with me, my co host, as always, JT. It's creepy. And it's spooky. Money. And we just watched The Wicker Man. Thank you for joining us on this, the 1st of October. We are in Halloween season. And we're coming at you with what's supposed to be a horror movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be a horror mystery thriller. But we're not quite there yet. This is episode 114, and that's scary enough (laughs) because it's the 46th Nicolas Cage classic, The Wicker Man. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say, as far as my definition is concerned, not a classic. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquates.com and let us know what the fuck is up. Please do. I'm always interested in knowing what the fuck is up, what the fuck is down, and what the fuck is all around. Yeah, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter as well, at 50 Randy Quades. And, uh, yeah, you know, let us know what the fuck's up on there, too. Check that Any, anywhere, so often. You can let us know Think. anywhere. We even got a special hotline for you. 1-900-CAGE-TALK? CAGE-TALK! Yeah. 1-900-CAGE-TALK. Nine ninety nine a minute. So, before we get to the trailer for The Wicker I just want to let you know that some sacrifices must be made. And you have to face your fears. Be careful what you search for. Be careful what you search for. That's a new one to me. Um, I, it's actually not bad advice. Especially in this case. No, well, considering the ending. I mean... I just I mean, in general, but, uh, like, you should be careful what you search for. Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, I don't know, be, be careful just in general. It's crazy fucking world, 2020, you know, we're like halfway through Nicolas Cage's uh, current classic catalog well, we, yeah, of films. Yeah, we are right up on that number, aren't we? I mean, it's, right, it's, okay. it's roughly okay. halfway through. At the we're Wicker almost, Man. I didn't realize Man. that Man. we're almost at 50, honestly. But let's not get stuck on that right now. We'll no, have a yeah, celebration stuck. for that. But just so you know, here's the trailer for The Wicker Man. Man, man, man. Afternoon. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. Give me your hand! Edward, I know that we haven't spoken in a few years. I need your help. I need your help. I have a daughter. 
Her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now. I fear she is in danger, so now I turn to you. Be careful and believe nothing that you see or hear. Lost your bearings? Oh, hey, sorry. Snuck up on me there. This is private property. Do you know her? Hmm, I don't recognize this child. Welcome. My little girl is still here. She has been taken by who I don't know. I'll find her. If she existed, we would know of her. Whose desk is this, hmm? Rowan? Hello? You suspect foul play. The wicker man returns. Who's the wicker man? I'm gonna search every inch of this town. She'll burn to death. She burned to death. I need your help. Daddy. We are back on an island worshiping a motherfucking cult. Uh, no, 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 no. No one was worshiping a cult. They were worshiping the mother goddess as a cult, as a pagan. Yeah, this is a cult. It's a bee cult. I've got a lot to say, a lot to say about this cult. Well, I mean, if you're new to the show, this is hashtag Cage Talk Edition. We're going to talk everything about Nicolas Cage. And this is uh, a warning. You know, we're humble, so we give warnings. Speak. Like speak good for humble no, speak for yourself. guests. No, I am hosts. not humble. Well, I'm humble. I'm humble. I'm. Some would say I'm too. Some humble. Some would say that you are. I would say that I'm not at all humble. No, I mean it's in your name, money. You're greedy. That's one way of interpreting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm too humble. Greedy JT money and too humble Chuck Banner. Well, do me a favor and count us down to the spoils because I'm. Full of spoils. So we got some spoils for you in uh, three seconds. Counting down from three, three, two, one. All right. So I'm pretty sure like everyone knew what happened in The Wicker Man anyway, because this is a remake of a horror classic. Nicolas Cage gets put in The Wicker Man as a sacrifice to a pagan goddess for a bountiful crop in the future after coming off of a poor crop yield the year before. Simple as. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's more There's more to it than so that. So I feel like this and movie I'm got die. shit on real that, hard. Real hard. And to be honest, I'm not... I'm going to shit on it. Like, I don't super understand why. Like, it's not a great movie. Like, it's not... But it's not, like, the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. After we get through all of the, the pertinent details I have before seen we start dissecting. Much worse than the cage on, movies. All I'm going to say in terms of what my reaction to it is going to be, and I might have done this movie a disservice by doing so, is last night I watched the original. And the original is just leaps and bounds better than this movie. So this movie's fine, but seeing it done better makes it look so much worse. I wouldn't even say this movie's fine. It's deeply mediocre. Yeah, I would go with that. 
That that seems like a really good word. Mediocre. This movie is mediocre. And mediocre. We'll get into <laughs> um, but the original is just so much better. And I think, again, watching them back to back like that and seeing how well they explain it and portray it in the original and how poorly they do it here just frustrated the hell out of so, me. So did you watch the PG-13 version of this movie? I'm not entirely sure. Here's what I do know. I, there's the meme that goes around where he's got a cage over his head and apparently he's yelling about bees. My version didn't have that scene in it. Oh, uh, see, I definitely had a bee version scene where... He got stung by bees in a field. No, yeah, I definitely had the scene where he put the the mask on. I, I watched, apparently, uh, the unrated version of this movie, which might have a different ending. How does it end? Um, well, like you're saying, yours didn't have that B scene, right? Well, just tell me how it ends. So, at, uh, like, he gets, like, they, shit, what happened? (laughs) They put him in the head of the Wicker Man, they break his legs, and they hoist him up into the head of the Wicker Man and then set it on fire? Yeah, but at one point between that, they put this, like, uh, like, mask on him. And then, like, they feed bees into it, and he's, like, getting stung a bunch of times. I've seen pictures of that. That's the meme that's all over there. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because that's what, like, I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, oh, shit, this is the... Well, like, earlier in the movie, when he gets stung in the field, and there's, like... Or, no, when he he kills the bee, and he goes, I'm allergic, I was like, oh, shit, this is the bee movie. Because, like, I knew... That that meme and that shirt and everything like that exists. Well, it explains for me why when they do hoist them up in the version that I watched and he's sitting in the head, his face is all stung up. And I'm like, well, I didn't see his face get stung up. What the fuck happened there? I must have missed that scene. I didn't realize there was two different versions. I didn't get that one. I didn't like the bees as an aspect of this movie. Oh, uh, this movie weird. is entirely about bees. I, I know, and I hate it. You want to know what's weird about it? That has no connection at all to the original. They added it in, and I don't think it added anything to the story outside of, we're just going to sell this as a B movie. Bees are hot right now. When did that Seinfeld B movie come out? Probably sometime around this movie, right? I don't know, but uh, uh, did your version have the word fucking in it at all? Yes. He oh, did yes. say, you have, you have permission to stay the fuck away from me or yeah, yeah yeah like yeah 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 might have that that like same line too i was just yeah. wondering if the pg because like it sounds like you might have had the pg-13 version then i'm sure that i did but you get one f in the pg-13 and i think he said bitch in another scene but that was it for the cuss. yeah there wasn't a lot of swearing in this movie uh but this movie was uh apparently rated pg-13 for disturbing images and violence language and thematic issues thematic thematic you can say thematic if you want to i guess i would say thematic just issues with theme i'm not entirely sure what they're going for with that (laughs) like thematic issues like everything is a thematic issue i'm pretty sure i don't know i got that straight from imdb that's just someone trying to fuck that's some highbrow learned movie watcher trying to sound smart about movies like, if it's a theme in a movie, it's a thematic issue. That's pretty straightforward. I don't know why we got to put that out there. Yeah, that's uh, just kind of explaining that we all breathe oxygen to live. Someone tweet me if we I'm know. an idiot and it actually means something and I'm just dumb. Please, let me know what the fuck is up. Hey, I mean, we're just both... I mean, I've I've said multiple times I'm a meathead, right? I'm not a meathead, but I don't know fucking I'm anything. a meathead. Oh, I, I'm I too humble and I'm a meathead. You got them anger muscles. I know about I love sports. Head. I got anger muscles. And I play video games. I'm stupid. And apparently I, I do I'm a smarter. movie review podcast. Hey, 
Let's what are you talk, waving me go. off about, fucking guy? Because I don't want to do you and I dissecting ourselves. Let's dissect what came out the week that this came out as well. Oh, you mean sure September top, 1st, 2006? I'm pretty sure the top two movies are about taking a drug. Uh, no, Invincible, I believe, is a children's oh. movie. Oh, I was picturing it as that one Bradley Cooper movie. No, that's a different movie. They made a TV show about it, too. Right, Unstoppable right, right, right. or something. Uh, well, Crank is definitely about doing drugs. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie with uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> All right. Great is relative. It's, it's Jason Statham. Come on it's, now. It's fun as hell. That's what I'll call most Jason Statham. Well, that's what I'll say it's great. Not, it's not great. It's great, great for me. Great and I fun. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. I'm describing it for me, though, as fun. So this uh, children's movie... I think that's what Invincible is. What is it? I need to know. Uh, it this was its second week for twelve point one million dollars, and then the great movie Crank, uh, and its debut at number two for ten point four million dollars. Okay, so Invincible is a football movie. Is it the one with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it's a kid's movie. It's a family movie. Okay, so it's family movie. We're, we're both wrong. All right. Yep. Family fun. <laughs> I mind. I wish it was a drug Unlike movie. Unlike this movie, which, not, which was not family fun. It was a horror mystery thriller. And it debuted at number three for $9.6 million. Followed by... better than I thought it would be. I think probably the best movie on this list. Uh, number four, Little Miss Sunshine. In its sixth week, $7.2 million. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember liking it when I did. I also really liked number five, The The Illusionist. I don't know what that is. I just think of The Prestige. It's basically the same movie. It's just uh, a different one. They came out roughly the same time, I think, too. Okay. Yeah, this does seem like Prestige era. This was in its uh, third week, The Illusionist, uh, for $6.1 million. So The Prestige... Who was in the Prestige? Do you remember? Uh, uh, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, I think, were the leads. All right, so in sure the Illusionist, in I believe it was Edward Norton. And anyone else of note? Shit, what's her face at? She was on Seventh Heaven. Jessica Biel. Yeah. All right, so if I'm going to pick just based on those casts alone, I'm taking. Bale and Jackman with a side of Bowie. Oh yeah, that movie that. was definitely better. But the Illusionist I don't know, was good. I've never seen. It was I've just never different. Seen the Illusionist, and I'd like to see the Prestige again and see if it holds up because I have again haven't seen it since back then. I would like to watch both those movies again. But either way, either way, this movie at uh, forty million dollars of an estimated budget, it got nine point six million in its first weekend. Right. So, are you thinking this movie is going to make money or lose money? Just based on its reputation, I assumed before I saw the sheet, because I already know the answer, I assumed it didn't make money. It made more than I thought it would make, honestly. I anticipated that this movie would be a moneymaker, because it's a remake of apparently a good movie. Great movie. And a great movie, one would say. In my opinion. JT. This movie did not do good. Even even in foreign lands, you know, the king of all foreign lands couldn't get it done with only $15.156 million made over there. And then domestically, $23.649 million for a collective $38.8 million. It almost hit its budget. Like, 
realistically at this point with DVD sales that have trickled in across the years, it's probably made. I mean, maybe my Blu-ray sale put it over the top. But but it didn't make them money. No, which it is didn't. It break, lost breaking money. breaking even is losing money. There is an investment. You want to turn something. So executives look at that and go, nope, no thank you. We're not going to do that again. But uh, here's part of, and I don't know if putting it in its original location would have helped the foreign market. But the original movie was a foreign film. It's filmed all in Scotland. Okay. And I think I think moving it from the location of Scotland to the Pacific Northwest of America takes away a lot of the good pagan feel of what they're going for with the island cult. It doesn't feel as connected to it as it does over in the British Isles, right? For me, at least. Like, it felt weird. They didn't establish the the cult is going to be the term we're going to go with here for ease. Oh, it was definitely a cult. No, I... Because what what else would would, would you classify that as? I don't know. I mean, it has to be. Sure. I feel like you're agreeing just to agree. I don't really want to argue about it. That's why. So you can stop questioning me and move on. Well, I win. Too humble. I'm too humble to brag about winning, though. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Let's talk about who wrote this movie. So it's based off of, I think, Anthony Schaefer's novel? It's based off of David Pinner, I think, is his name. His novel called Ritual. Anthony Schaefer wrote the original screenplay for the 1973 version. Well, and apparently this movie has, like, like seventy percent of the lines are supposedly like the same. It felt like a lot, that's for sure. But they were just delivered in different contexts and way less intriguingly. Like again, back to I got to stop talking about the original. I just it was just so much better in every way. It's hard not to. And I I think I read even Anthony Schaefer and a lot of other people who were involved with the original and came back and like worked or produced on this after it like was done, kind of disassociated themselves from it. They were like, yeah, no. That's not at all what we wanted this to be. It doesn't even come close to what we did with it originally. Yeah, so this was basically, they're just like, you know, we're going to give Neil Lamboot all the credit. Well, he wrote it and directed it. Or yeah. He wrote this version and directed it, so yeah. So our uh, our one true god, Nicolas Cage, he plays a cop character named edward mollis i'm pretty sure it's malice malice and i'm pretty sure it's supposed to rhyme with phallus makes sense because they bring that up a lot. throughout the movie like so pro tip on writing and so right like there. could none of the men talk where they all had their mouths cut out or something their tongues cut off or something they, from all right in the version i saw at least they didn't go into it my assumption was that something like that their tongues were cut out or whatever but they didn't answer that question because he tried to talk to them at least a handful of times at least twice that i can recall both times it was nothing yeah even the one time the guys all like yeah yeah women definitely ran the cult and that's what's different from the original the original was a it was led by a man but it was well, when they do the ritual at the end, he's cross-dressing, too, so there's that element to it. But overall, it was a community of men and women who kind of worked together. There wasn't this power struggle. And I didn't mind that they gave this cult the woman-centric like feel that they did. Well, because it, it went with the, with the theme of the bees, and this was like a hive, mm-hmm. and she yeah, was the, the queen. queen bee. Absolutely. Like, that definitely made sense. 
the basically, Willow this movie is all about bees. If you haven't seen it, it's basically a bee documentary. Well, the queen bee is Ellen Except Burstyn. For she, El- Ellen Burstyn played Sister Summer's Isle, and she's like the top of the food chain. We don't meet her until like an hour or something into the movie, but we've been hearing about her since he got there. So, in classic Chucky B form. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't put down like one of the main characters on the sheet. She was a terrible actress, so I don't really care. Well, and like I, I couldn't figure out based on uh, the IMDb sheet. I was all like, "All right, I know I'm gonna put Ellen Burstein. I know I'm gonna put Nick Cage, and I know I'm gonna put Lily uh, Sobieski." Sobieski, who, who plays uh, Sister Honey, by the way. I knew I was going to put those three up there because those are the names that they said were definitely in the film. You made a really good choice on putting Francis Conroy, Dr. T.H. Moss, on there because I love Francis Conroy. The thing, though, is, as with almost anyone in this movie that is introduced outside of Ellen, or not Ellen, um, Willow and Nick Cage, they're kind of bit players. They show up. You meet them, they disappear for a while, and then they come back later, and they haven't really done anything that matters. The The most present secondary character is Sister Beach, the the bar lady. Or um, the actress who, I didn't know what her name was, and I don't know what her real life name is, but in the movie, she like shows up with an apple, and so I called her Apple Girl. And then she, in, like, another scene, has a broom. And so I was like, oh, broom girl. And then in, like, another scene, she's chopping wood with an axe. I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't remember anyone doing and any then, of those And things. then Nick Cage super kicks her at one point into oh, a wall Lee. of pictures? That's Lily Sobieski. Oh, that is? That's Miss Honey? Yeah. Okay, so Lily. All right. I know who you are now. I oh, see no, you, Lily. No. Yeah, yeah, he he gives her a super kick after he punches her in the face. That's the second woman he's punched in the face, and then he punches a third one in the face later. Yeah. So, a lot of violence against women in this movie once we get to the climax. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy thing. Now, you put Molly Parker on here, and she played as big a role as any of the other sisters did. In fact, she had the, as far as my version was unexplained, dual role of Sister Rose and Sister Thorn. Because as far as I saw, Sister Thorn showed up once. And then never mattered again. Yeah, I thought for some reason that they might matter more just because she was playing two characters. I was all like, oh, maybe this means something. Didn't I mean, I make the sheet before, you know, before we watch the movie. So. No, no, I'm not, I'm not even commenting on that. I'm commenting on the fucking movie and how terribly it was written. Because what the fuck was the point of adding the sister Thorn in there if she doesn't matter? Just to make me feel off kilter? It was dumb. Because well, the movie itself just... It seems like Nicolas Cage is just tripping on acid since he got there. Kind of. It was yeah, weird. I mean, he, it just he was completely disoriented the entire time and uh what's her dick? Uh Willow kept on telling like told him at one point like no one like trust nobody and you know question everything and nothing will be as it seems and everything will fucking do something and i'm just like face your fears yeah face your fears and fucking care for what you search for well that's the thing like he put himself in a position where he was very vulnerable and had no clue what the fuck was going on i'm gonna hitch a ride on a plane and get stranded here with these people who were very hostile to me from the outset 
very fucking sinister. Yeah, I think I just want to be like, right, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. But here's this missing girl that he's concerned about. But here's another fucking problem. I, he's there. He's got no jurisdiction in this private island in Washington as a California cop. It doesn't make any fucking sense why he would go there and think that he can just do what he wants to do. And these people aren't just going to do what they want to do. Like kick like, down doors and shit like that. At least in the original, the dude had jurisdiction, and he had just gotten a random letter. The way this was set up, you've got this phantom car crash in the beginning that, again, doesn't fucking matter. What does that have to do with anything? Why does this phantom car crash happen? How does that really play into I the greater story? I think that's just to to make, let you know that, like, he's already disoriented before he gets there. I just don't... I think it's unnecessary. What happens there... Should be enough to make enough. him disoriented? Exactly. In my mind, you don't need that extra bullshit in there. The extra layer of the the woman cop that he worked with also being in on the scheme. It's not necessary. The the final scene where we get a fucking James Franco and Jason Ritter appearance and they're like fishing for the next guy. I'm like, why do we need to see that? It feels so cheap. Oh man, I'm getting all worked up about how poorly this was done and you haven't even done the breakdown yet. Alright, so... IMDb breakdown of this movie. The sheriff's investigating the disappearance of a young girl from a small island. She discovers there's a larger mystery to solve among the island's secretive er, neo-pagan community. It's a neo-pagan community, apparently. Oh no, this movie was fucking weird. The first thing I wrote down is that the little girl in the car should move to fucking Cape Side because apparently she's just bored enough to be throwing dolls out of car window. Yeah. This is this is a weird child. Well, like that whole, I don't know. It makes me feel like the whole thing was a setup. Like It was. Everything was a setup. I just like, like even the car overdone. crash was a setup. Yes. Oh yeah, it was. Absolutely. Everything was. And like that woman police officer, I don't even know if she necessarily worked there. She just might have came to his house dressed like that with the letter. Uh, she showed up at the precinct, remember? When he was in there talking to don't remember. his buddy. That's yeah, how much he this movie in. is rememberable. It's that mediocre. I'm already I'm, forgetting. I'm just saying they did show her in the precinct. She was not just as a figment of his imagination. Because a lot of this movie is leading you to believe that he's seeing things that don't exist, right? Yeah. So maybe she is someone that just doesn't exist. But they did show her in the precinct. Unlike the mother and the daughter, who they lead you to believe could just be a figment of his imagination. No one else has seen them ever at any point up until then. At the end... When they show up on the island and they're like, oh, no, we were part of this too, bud. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, this is stupid. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, I, they got to get their crops. I feel like that ending was real fucking haphazard and just kind of like ended. All right. So how they build it in this in i have to go back to the original because it's an example of how poorly they explain it because you're right when they get to that procession at the end the parade that parade has massive significance in the original one because the character that nicholas cage plays represents they, there's like three people who lead this parade and they represent certain things in this pagan they explain the ritual that they're doing in the original movie in this one they don't really tell you what any of it means so yours, the watcher, left kind of disoriented. Like, why no, that's the that mystery. Happen? But in the original, they give you the answers. <laughs> so when you get to the end, it's a mystery until they give you the answer. 
and they give it to you and so at the end when they set the motherfucker on fire you're like I, I don't necessarily agree with this but I get why they did it you know like they've given me enough information he dresses up instead of just a random bear after punching a woman and taking her costume he dresses up in this costume as a fool and it represents him as the fool being brought to the island and let up to be sacrificed it just it all has much more meaning that is explained to you and in this one it felt like they either expected me to know or they wanted me to just be like what the fuck yeah i feel like this movie definitely it left like a lot of stuff out to where the ending didn't seem satisfying because one I don't know who the fuck I'm rooting for the entire movie. I mean, I know I'm rooting for Nick Cage, but that's just because he's the one true grad. Well, that's the thing. The way he's portrayed as a character, he's not really that sympathetic, and I really don't want to root for him, but I don't really want to root for anyone on the island either. I feel like the only person I really want to root for is Willow, and then even still, I don't trust her. No, they, they show in the ending where she's back out there fishing again. She's just as much in on it as anyone else is. Yeah. She just plays she plays her role really well. She makes you feel that sympathy for her. That's how she draws those men in, you know. So, I, I there's just no one I could really root for. Yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. That's why you said, I think you made a really good point when you said this movie was super mediocre because it really is. But like, so well, like it. The movie starts with that car wreck that you were talking about, and I don't really have like a ton, a ton of notes other for like, oh, Willow's his, you know, ex fiance, so he kind of feels like he has to help her, and I feel like that's the only reason he goes because his officer buddy's even like, don't go, bro, fuck this bitch. Give her a call. Oh, they don't have phones there. Well, I'm sorry. Find a way to write back to her, but don't just go to this fucking private island, especially when you have to bribe some dude because he's like, no, they're too private for me to take you out there. I mean, all it took was a hundred bucks, apparently, but pretty sure that pilot also ended up dead. So yeah, uh, I didn't really understand that either. Like they killed him for bringing Nick there when, when realistically in the end, they want Nick to come. Like, no, they do. But that's the other... whole point is for him to get there. Right. But it's all part of the ritual. So they, they go, okay, so we got to kill this pilot to bring this Apparently guy so. here. That's just part of the ritual. We got to sew his mouth prob- shut. Here's, but here's what, because you can't have anyone from the outside knowing that he was there. So you disappear him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had concrete. He had concrete proof that he showed up on that island. Officer Pete or whatever the fuck. He thought he knew he was going there. But he had no proof he actually showed up there. So you got to get rid of that pilot to keep his mouth shut. Dude, I'm telling you, they could have given him another like hundred dollars, and that plane guy would have forgotten. Can't you can't leave a loose end like that though. If you're being good at crime, you can't leave a loose end. If you're already killing people anyway, what's another person? Yeah, I guess you're right. But I don't see why they didn't use him as a sacrifice. How did it get burned? How did it get burned? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> like, oh, that's That's what I wrote on. down. Just, I was like, because he said that just like it. He, like, I just, oh, 
his performance was all over the place in this movie, and I don't even mean that in a good way, because it was almost unpredictable when he was going to be mad and it was going to make sense. He's going to be mad and it wouldn't make sense, or he was... I just I don't know. I couldn't follow what he was doing. Okay, so what I don't get is they needed him to come to that island, right? Of his of his own free will. That's part of the ritual. So his own free will was just getting there. By choosing to go there on his own because Willow needed help, so he just goes there. Yes. They they set up the circumstances, but he chose to go there, yes. Okay, so once he is there and they pretty much then establish almost immediately like that this guy that brought him there is gonna die, why don't they just kill him immediately? Because the ceremony has to be done on a certain day or something like yeah, that. Yes, it's it's May May Day. It's a very important pagan holiday for real like and again it's better explained in the original why it's done they go into may day very much so they show a maypole in this which is where people hold like the strings and they dance around it and weave it around the maypole they show that happen in the first one and this one they just show it in the background and leave it alone they don't go into may day and its pagan roots at all in this movie pagan culture versus christianity is the central core of the original Wicker Man. This one just takes the pagan aspect, turns it into a horror movie, like, villain disguise, and leaves out the opposition that makes it interesting. So, what I got out of this movie was, there's a lot of bees, and I figured the Wicker Man was some sort of, like, god or something, because in the beginning... When he's like looking over the edge, uh, there's like these old women kind of chanting about, "Oh, the wicker man, he's gonna make me a basket." Ah! And then like he's like, "Oh, fucking old ladies," and then he goes to bed. That's verbatim how that scene went. Yes, verbatim happened in the original and the Nicolas Cage version. You're right. That's part of the seventy percent uh, overlap. But either way, so, like, that was when we, like, heard the Wicker Man, like, oh, he said the title, and... Uh, I mean, I already knew what the Wicker Man was, even before I watched the original yesterday, like, I, I knew did. how this movie went. I knew, this is one of those movies that's been so spoiled in pop culture, like, I knew what the Wicker Man was, and I knew how this movie ended, I just didn't know exactly how it got there. All I knew was the B scene. All Which I is something... Knew. That's all I knew about this one, outside of also how I assumed it ended like the original did, which kind of does. And, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. There's just... Alright. So we get through this whole thing. You're right, they're kind of running him through these loops. He meets the school teacher, who's like, if she existed, we would know. And all the schoolgirls are like, we don't know who this bitch is. But then he looks at the attendance records. Her name's on there, but it's also crossed out. And it's like not crossed out. It's just like one line. Right. But so then the teacher's like, let me talk to you outside. And they go outside. And she's like, I didn't lie to you. She's dead. But we don't use the word dead here. That's not a word for us. She's like, you know, in the earth now chilling in the trees in the air and nick's like well is she, is she does she exist is she alive is she dead i don't know what the fuck is going and on she's, she's like she's like no nah, man she's gonna burn and he's all like what she did burn no she said she did burn 
No, at first, like, she says, like, she's going to burn or she's going to burn or something like that. And and Nick Cage is like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I said it just like I how I meant it. She she burned or she no, did I, burn. Yeah, I think she said the first time she no, burned I'm, to death, too. Like, I think she said, like, she's going to burn to death or she's like, like alluded to the I, fact that she so. wasn't alive or wasn't dead yet. I don't think so. At least not in what I saw. Well, maybe in my unrated version, it's a little different. <laughs> or maybe I'm just remembering it different. Either way, I'm too humble to check. Right, me too. And I'm too, I'm too greedy. proud, too proud to not. I'm too. It doesn't matter. You're too greedy. <laughs> I'm not that greedy though. But you're too greedy. <laughs> I'm so greedy that I'm not greedy. Yeah, I've come you're too full greedy. circle. Oh boy. Um. So then there's this whole fucking thing where he's searching the island looking for the missing girl who turns out is his daughter. Yeah, yeah. She like, drops oh. Willow drops that fucking bomb on Nick. She's all like she's like, Oh yeah, I mean like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring our daughter here and just raise her up. I was like, Oh shit, uh yeah, so there's that. And Nick's like, Wait, you're trying to tell me that I have a daughter? Uh, what? Uh, uh, a daughter? Why did you leave me in California? With Arnold Schwarzenegger to fucking come to this island, which is apparently only up the coast, and uh, privately run by their fucking crazy cult-like activities. Well, this is when he gets on that bike and he goes, and at least as far as my narrative goes, he gets stung in the face for the first time, I guess, and he wakes up at Sister Summer Isle's place and meets her and talks with her and kills another bee on his neck and finds out he doesn't really like her very much. And then he goes out searching for his daughter. He's tearing through every fucking house in in town. Is that where he's kicking down doors and shit? Oh, no. Before that, I think, is when he goes... He asks for permission to exhume the body, goes to the graveyard, and that's when he goes underground and he gets locked underwater. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that scene. Which, what the fuck was the point of that? That was just to keep him there for the night? So he could hold him captive? Trip again? Keep him weak? Having a I trip dream? Him... Yeah, he does. He trip dream throughout the whole fucking thing, and it would, I guess, make him really weak for the next day when they're going to want him to be weak. Just sit there and float in water for hours and hours and hours. Well, I mean, what what kind of idiot's going down in the water though? He did it when he went under the dock too to look for. Yeah, I just don't. In his dream, I guess that they pulled the fucking switcheroo on the dream. There's another thing. This movie had like a couple of unnecessary jump scares throughout it. I don't like jump scares anyway, but they felt real stupid in this fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, it just the more we talk about it, I guess the more I don't like it. So hold on, here's one one more major point I want to make. His whole thing is you can't murder someone. Even if they want to be sacrificed, it's still murder. You can't do that. But when he comes up from underground and he's all super pissed and he finds Sister Rose with her bike and he's like, give me your bike after she's wearing her mask or whatever. And he pulls the gun on her. He's like, give me the bike. I'm like, what, are you going to kill her if she doesn't give you the bike? You can't murder someone. you got no fucking leg to stand on. What's the threat? I mean, he could shoot her in the knee. He was pointing it right at her fucking head, and he was not. Well, he was trying to scare her. I'm not well, really she, justifying. I'm sorry. Knew, I'm just saying. Well, she, I know, but she knew how it was going to play out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. 
It was orchestrated. Exactly, exactly. But then that, then he, he walks up and punches that one chick in the face. The burly Total chick. Three. Miss Beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and then that's where he super kicks uh, Miss Honey right after that. And then he goes down dressed as the bear. And he that's tells Willow his no, wife, yo, like, girl. hey, I, I thought I told you to meet me at your house. And she's all like, what, you think I could just miss this fucking sweet march? Uh, yeah, this ritual's a big fucking deal, dude. You're late. You're he kind of the sacrifice, bro. <laughs> and he's all like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, we like bear meat. And he's all like, oh, good joke. <laughs> and then he walks up and like he sees his daughter and he's like, oh, shit, they're going to burn my daughter. I can't let you burn my daughter. So I better go punch another woman in the he's face. He's like, I got to go save Eric Rowan. And fucking he runs up there, saves Eric Rowan, his daughter. And, like, he runs away. But, really, she's kind of, like, running just a little bit ahead of it. Like, how can he not catch this child? I think because he was so fucking weak and tired out. No, that... Because he was running around all day knocking down doors. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing I was watching. Like, how is this nine-year-old girl outrunning this grown man? He's literally pleading with her to slow down. Honey, honey, slow down. Why is this strange man calling me honey? Like, <laughs> well, he called the girl in the car honey too in the beginning of the movie, like, or sweetheart or something. Yeah, it was just weird. And then he gets circled back to the fucking queen bee, and she's all like, "Bzzz," <laughs> and then they fucking break his knees, fucking put a bee helmet on him. And fucking unleash the bees on him, and he's all like, ah! And then they take the thing, and it, dude, it, the scene just looked bad, to be honest. It was bad CGI. And that's my problem: is why didn't you just fucking build it and burn it? They did it in 1973. You can't do it in 2006. No, I and mean, they did. They did, like, just build that thing and burn it. That didn't look too bad in my version. I'm talking about the, the specifically the B part of the whole thing did not look good oh. to me. Oh, there was, a, there was a thing where they backed up on that thing burning, and you could tell that that was CGI'd, and the crowd standing below was CGI'd, too. And I'm like, why didn't you just pan a oh, camera Oh, wow, yeah, I there? didn't see, like, I didn't, I, you know what, I mean, I wasn't really just paying attention that hard, because I was like, oh, this movie just ends with the bad guys apparently winning. I was it's like, possible. everybody's an, uh, everybody's a villain in this movie. Well, Even the, the little original, girl. The original ends with the villain, quote-unquote, villain winning, too. Like, that's just... The point of this is not that the good guy wins. I don't really, I guess, need the good guy to win all the time. In fact, sometimes I want the bad guys to win. But this movie just seems so anticlimactic the entire way through. I got nothing more to say about this motherfucker except for my summation. Unless you do, buddy. Uh, yeah, all I got written down here was, uh, yeah, they tricked in a cage, they break both his legs, bees, and then his daughter's gonna murder him. The end. And then we get the bonus scene. See, I actually didn't even watch a bonus scene. Six, you didn't see the six months later? It came, it wasn't a bonus, it didn't come after the credits. It was, they did the burning, and then it was six months later, and they show Willow and Sister Honey in a bar, Hitting on James Franco and Jason Ritter. Did not trying see to that. line. Oh, that might have just been in the PG-13 version and they cut it from the unrated. Oh, yeah, I hated it. It was so bad. I'm like, I don't need the six months later bullshit. 
as soon as I saw that pop up on the screen, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that so once they burned him alive in the thing, it just went to credits. That's how it plays out in the original. That's how it should fucking end. So I got some extra bullshit on my salad, and I'm not happy about it. Which is now I feel like I need to go back and see if I just missed that, like if I just wasn't paying attention at all. They might have made the decision to cut it from the unrated because it was so fucking stupid. Hopefully. Maybe they put it in like a bonus or deleted zine section. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe they put it like after the credits. That seems less likely. Because they're like, ah, oh, no one's going to see that then. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're done with the what we're talking about this movie. We gave it a good down rundown. So now we're going to give a... Uh, uh, that rating portion of the podcast where we're going to give you IMDb's rating on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's where 1 is the worst and 50 is the best. Everything else is in the middle or in between. You know that's right. IMDb gives this movie uh, 18.5 out of 50 Randy Quaid. So do you want to start with uh, uh, the ratings? I will. I don't have a problem with remakes on principle. A lot of movies I love are remakes or variations on the same theme or idea. So that's not why I fucking hate this. If you're going to do a remake, though, you've got to bring me either a straight up different kind of take on it, or you need to pay direct homage to what you were doing doing or what you're remaking in the first place like we're redoing this like they did with psycho just scene for scene they remade yeah were they in the cabin fever not that that was great or anything but still you know what i mean but this took the same outline of the original added a whole bunch of bullshit that just weighed down the more important narrative which was why why were the people on this island doing this thing to this police officer. What because was the bees. Reason? They do a better job of establishing A, the mystery of why, and then revealing to you what it is, and then paying it off in the original. This one feels like they just throw a whole bunch of fucking jump scares and random bullshit at you, introduce the, the cult pagan aspect of it along the way keep it ominous and don't really explain it and then give you the reveal at the end where you're supposed to go like oh now i understand why they did what they did but i really and i do it's not that i don't but in the original it feels less villainous and less sinister yes they're still murdering a person but it's more complex than that it's they do a better job of explaining the crop yield and the history of the people on the island and the the reasoning and the ritual and all of that so you get it in this one it's just like hey we're leading up to apparently a scene where we put this guy in a bee cage and then burn him in the head of a fucking wicker man and then i get to see six months later bullshit it just it, it was it was so disappointing and maybe i would have rated this higher had i not just watched him back to back i have to really continue to concede that point because I did this movie a disservice by putting it directly against it, its original, when I knew it wasn't going to live up to it anyway. That being said, this deeply, deeply mediocre movie is going to get no more than an 8 from me. I'll never watch an this eight? again. An 8? I will never watch this again. I would never recommend anyone see this movie. I will not be adding it to any collection whatsoever. Go watch the fucking original. It's fantastic. So... For me, when, like, 
And like that's the beauty of Fifty Randy Quaid's rating scale is for everybody it kind of means something different, right? But like for, for me, sure. like one through ten is kind of like these movies just kind of fucking suck. I believe that this movie does fucking suck, so that would fall in line for me. In this well, and too. see, th- see, like that's where I get kind of uh, like I think mediocre is above fucking suck. I said deeply mediocre. It's the fact that I watched it back to back with the original, and that's the beauty of our rating scale too. It's relative. Yeah, it doesn't have that's to be true. just doesn't have to be just about the fact that it's this movie. I'm also directly comparing it to the original because I did that to myself. So that's a I can't change. I'm biased. You here. can't change, can't what, change what what happens. I can't change that bias. I got to lean into it. Like I said, maybe on a different day, had I not watched it yesterday, this might have gotten a 15 from me. Legit, maybe this would have gotten a 15. So in a different, in an alternate universe, JT Money gives this a 15. But too greedy JT Money in this timeline is saying, no, I'm stingy with my points, baby, and you get an 8. I'm too greedy to be giving you double digits. Yeah, there you go. So for me, I originally had this movie rated as a 20 out of 50 Randy Quaid's, and I can't quite go that high because even though 25 is the right down the middle, this was a good movie uh, line, 20 is kind of like the bottom of that, oh, this was good, but not, you know, like great sort of line. And this, that wasn't this. Uh, there really wasn't any great or even real decent acting in this movie. Um, even no. the one true God kind of looked like he was phoning it in. Um, yeah, and I I like Nick Cage. I obviously like Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, I I think he's a relatively good actor when he wants to be. He's better than this. That's what I'll say. Yes, I would one hundred percent agree that Nicolas Cage is better than The Wicker Man. And. This movie does not deserve to be rated in uh, 20. I even kind of think that the IMDb 18.5 is a little generous. But I will go to say that this movie is pretty mediocre. And it's just going to get a smack dab. Because it's not bad, too. It I've seen much worse movies. And I've seen much worse Nicolas yes. Cage movies. Yes, I'll agree with you on both points. But this is bad. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a 15. This is a mediocre, not bad, and not any good, really, movie. Would you, would you watch it again? No, I, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. In fact, it's it's made me... I mean, like, not that I was really ever probably going to watch the original Wicker Man, but this really has dissuaded me from even wanting to watch it and even spend my time on it. Despite all of my glowing statements about the original, knowing you, I don't think you would like it more than this. So I I hate to tell you not to watch a movie, but I think you're right. I don't think you're going to get anything more out of that version than you did this one. Yeah, I think it's just at this point kind of going to be a waste of time. So It's like eight minutes shorter. Yeah, I just don't really want to put myself through that again. And there's no Nick Cage. So it's like, what's the point? Oh, but there's there's Christopher Lee and he's very good in it. And uh, like I, I already own this, so there's no going back on that. Uh, oh, right, I, that's why I, I did doubt that. you're gonna you're gonna buy this movie. Uh, no, I'm gonna buy the original. Oh, for show, for show, for show, for show, for show, for show, for show. So yeah, that's where we're at on that. But I mean, you know, at the very least, 
I think that we can uh, we can agree that you can catch all of our new episodes on Fifty Randy Quades and of course Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Fifty Randy Quades and like our Facebook page, Fifty Randy Quades, on the infamous Facebook. Other than that, I don't know. Maybe don't use it. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Like I haven't deleted it yet, but I'm just been logged out and haven't been on in over a month, and it's awesome. It feels so good. I just tell her, get the fuck off of Facebook. It's no good. Get off of Twitter. Get off of all of it. I mean, hit us up there when you are on it, if you are on it, but also for Go your back own mental to just health. handwriting letters. If yeah, I could get hey, handwritten letters as emails, that'd be great. My job would be so much better if everyone had to take the time to write me a letter instead of sending me an email. Because I'll tell you, man, for what are supposed to be professional adults, they're all fucking childish idiots and they need to think twice before sending emails. They'd think twice before sending a letter. Yeah. God damn it. Woo! 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 JT's pretty fucking <laughs> angry over Sorry. there. So I got heated about work when I shouldn't have even been thinking about work. This is 50 Randy Quaid's, baby. Yeah, man, this is October. This is spooky month, as you put it. I put it as this is just... uh. You know, it's October. It's Halloween is at the end of the month. And so we wanted to do kind of like a three pack of uh, uh, Halloween movies. I mean, not the franchise Halloween, but kind of like scary movies. This was the first one. It also happened to fall in line with our cage talk. So this was what? Number 46 cage talk number 114 for 50 Randy Quaid's. Yeah, 114 50 Randy Quaid's episode. So our next one episode 115 antebellum i had not heard a thing about this movie because i'm off of social media until you sent me something about it earlier today and i did a quick look well, I, at what I it is just, i get uh what do you call it uh commercials i don't really watch anything with too many commercials and if watch i get a, a chance to i skip them well either way i'm intrigued by this movie i love janelle monet so i'm definitely down with seeing her act in a movie i don't think i've had the pleasure of seeing that before so yeah i'm looking forward to checking that one out yeah it looks really good i'm super pumped to see it and it's new so right which is something we don't do very often here so i'm glad to be a part of that too and what's nice is since like i mean i'm sure i could go see it in a theater if i wanted to because i'm pretty sure theaters are open some of them are for sure but uh yeah i think i'm gonna just stream it on fucking prime or something i'm gonna stream it wherever i can most easily stream it yeah wherever wherever it's available i don't know i can turn on my tv and see it when right. i flip through like the fucking smart apps yeah i've got all the apps plus everything else on my television it'll get me where i need to go yeah so i'm all like i could see this movie like well, every time i turn on my tv right now i'm all like oh, i'm gonna fucking see this so yeah that's gonna be 115 the 115th episode on October 15. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe listen to our 9-11 episode. But that was about World Trade Center, a movie. 9-11? Yeah, the, we, we watched uh, uh, World Trade Center. World Trade Center? Yeah, you're not good at, at making it sound like a question. No, I'm not, and I hate that gimmick because World I'm Trade bad at it. Center? Well, I'm not going to do the stupid fucking voice. I'm asking it like I would actually answer a question, which is why I'm bad at it, which is why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.